0: fall of Babylon is a historical event that occurred in 539 BC. This event saw the conquest of Babylon by the Achaemenid Empire under Cyrus the Great and marked the end of the Neo-Babylonian Empire. The fall of Babylon is reported by a number of ancient sources, including the Cyrus Cylinder, the Greek historian Herodotus, as well as a number of books in the Old Testament. The city of Babylon is located in modern-day Iraq, and its history stretches back to the 3rd millennium BC, when it was a small port town on the Euphrates River. At that time, Babylon was part of the Akkadian Empire. Over time, the town would grow and develop into one of the most important cities in ancient Mesopotamia. It was during the 18th century BC that Babylon became a major power in the region under the rule of the Amorite king, Hammurabi. The First Babylonian Empire, however, was short-lived as it soon fell under the dominion of foreigners, including the Hittites, the Kassites, and the Assyrians. Following the death of Ashu Penipal around 627 BC, civil war broke out in the Neo-Assyrian Empire caused it to weaken. Many subjects of the Neo-Assyrian Empire seized this opportunity to revolt. One of these was a Chaldean chief by the name of Nabopolassar, who formed an alliance with the Medes, Persians, Scythians, and Sumerians. This coalition succeeded in destroying the Neo-Assyrian Empire. Having gained independence from the Assyrians, Nabopolassar established the Neo-Babylonian Empire, with Babylon as its capital. The empire reached its zenith during the reign of Nebuchadnezzar II, who succeeded Nebuchadnezzar in around 605 BC. During Nebuchadnezzar II's reign, which lasted until around 562 BC, the Neo-Babylonian Empire was in control of Babylonia, Assyria, parts of Asia Minor, Phoenicia, Israel, and Northern Arabia. Kings who succeeded Nebuchadnezzar II were much less capable than him and had rather short reigns. In the decade that followed Nebuchadnezzar II's death, the Neo-Babylonian Empire had four different rulers, the last of whom was Nabonidus, who reigned from 556 B.C. to the fall of Babylon in 539 B.C. Nabonidus reigned for a total of 17 years and is remembered for his restoration of the region's ancient architectural and cultural traditions hence, earning him the nickname, the Archaeologist King, among modern-day historians. Nevertheless, he was unpopular with his subjects, especially the priests of Marduk, as he had suppressed the cult of Marduk, the patron god of Babylon, in favor of the moon god Sin. In the meantime, the Persians to the east were growing in power under the leadership of Cyrus the Great. In 549 BC, the Medes were defeated by the Persians, who then proceeded to conquer the territory around Babylon. Finally, in 539 BC, the city of Babylon itself was taken by the Persians. The fall of Babylon marked the end of the Neo-Babylonian Empire. This momentous event has been recorded by a number of ancient historians. Due to inconsistencies, it is difficult to reconstruct the actual events that took place. The Greek writers Herodotus and Xenophon report that Babylon fell after it was besieged. On the other hand, the Cyrus Cylinder and the Nebonitis Chronicle, which is part of the Babylonian Chronicles, claim that Babylon was conquered by the Persians without a fight. Moreover, the Cyrus Cylinder presents the Persian king as chosen by Marduk to capture Babylon. The Fall of Babylon Prophecy, what story does it tell? Lastly fall of Babylon is significant for biblical history as it is mentioned in a number of books in the Old Testament. In the book of Isaiah, a story similar to that found in the Cyrus cylinder is told. Instead of Marduk, it was the God of Israel who chose Cyrus. After the fall of Babylon, the Jews, who had been exiled since their subjugation by Nebuchadnezzar II, were allowed to return home. In another book, the book of Daniel, fall of Babylon was already prophesied during the reign of Nebuchadnezzar II. According to this book, the king had a dream in which he saw a statue with a head of gold, breasts and arms of silver, belly and thighs of bronze, legs of iron, and feet of iron mixed with clay. The statue was destroyed by a rock, which then turned into a mountain, filling the whole earth. The interpretation of the king's dream by the prophet Daniel, was that the statue represents four successive kingdoms, the first of which being the Neo-Babylonian Empire, all of which would be destroyed by the kingdom of God.
1: Well, hello there. I think you might want to pull up a chair. I was actually um, working on something to do with, well, you know, the financial crimes, you know, the fact that everybody seems to be assuming a lot of things in this financial picture, right? That there's insurance and all that. So, you know, I have a big, big file that I put together because I wanted to look at the complete timeline. And interestingly enough, yeah, um, but anyway, so before I get to that, because when I was putting together all that data to share with you about how I came to this conclusion as far as the overall financial scam, Of the um, US and how it has operated and basically how it was cooked up and where we are today with all that. This is why I always say think about having some silence into your life. Cut off that social media. Anyhow so this is something really for us to think about because um, I have anyway so I thought in the other files And I was all set to record them today because I thought, well, let me just go through and edit, because I ended up with so many pages, (laughs) and normally I don't edit, I just go through and share with you how I got there, but anyway, so all that aside, um, so I thought, well, I did get to where I thought it all started, because getting to where it all started is important to me and my work, right? And... um, it started in the Bible with this thing about circumcision and money because I was looking at the entire history of money and where this concept comes from, okay? And then all the lies that surround it all that. So, Because really what we're looking at here is um, this is really how they're presenting this um, world or whatever you want to call it that we're in. It, it's being presented as I see it in several ways. The story is being written as fantasy, some truth and some lies because at the base of everything is some truth and from there spins all these other things right like for example an example of how they spend some of this fantasy is this they have a lot of people convinced that they're right now making real humans with this transhuman movement right well that clearly seems to me like a pretty big fantasy right because you look at the truth The truth is they're nowhere near there as far as this is still a butcher shop. This is still a human experiment in the works. And so then the wise become to weave all this together in some imaginary way, and they use that fantasy of, let's say, the transhumans to remove the logical, very obvious elements, right? This way people aren't looking at, huh, it looks like if they flipped the 1%, They have some pretty major issues with diseases and stuff. So how does this really parlay into they're really cranking out humans, right? A lot of it is bluff and fluff, right? People want to introduce the extreme. The extreme being they're going to tie you down and put chips under your skin. Well, why would they need to be bothered to do that? So far as I'm looking around, everybody seems to be complying (laughs) with those Dumb phones in their hands, right? The introduction of smartphones, don't get me started. So anyway, so yeah, so I don't know. So today I thought, well, and I'm going to explain this a little bit just because it's kind of all of a sudden I'm making a spin into um, Babylon. Um, So I thought, well, I, I figured out where money came from because that's been my thing for a long time. And I also actually put together that Dick's Money thing I've been kind of twirling around for months over. So anyhow, so long story short. So I think last night, I think, okay, all these files are set. In the morning, I'll just do a quick edit through, even though I don't normally do that, and then I'll just record this money thing and get that put to sleep. And so for some weird reason, that's why I say following the silence, this idea of Babylon got into my head, and actually it has turned out to be very interesting. So let me scroll down here, um, because it typed, no, no, honey. Somebody wants my attention. And I don't want them to hop onto the chords. Um, I live with some con artists, okay? They want to engage me to get up to get the biscuits and things. Anyway, so let me try to get this con artist dealt with. Okay, Rocco. Mr. Marcos, go sit down. He needs to see it's not going to work. Okay, let me try here and see if it stops because the last thing I wanted to do was hop up here on my, um, <laughs> um, and disconnect my cords. Okay, stop, please. Just stop. That's enough. That's enough. Bye-bye. Okay, so let's get here to, um, let me put this on hold for a second. No, go on. Not going to work. Okay, so this is fantasy, truth, and lies, okay? Okay, and lots of things tied together here, so I just went on and this is why I say that you know I think they destroyed all of our a lot of our instincts with small little tricks, okay, and one trick that keeps coming to mind for me is the Salem witch trials, right? I think early on, in order to get us cornered in this manner, <clears throat> they had to convince everybody that we were just weaklings and in, in, in deep need of their help. And that's where this Bible thing all seems to revolve around, right? All this stuff about how we need help (laughs) getting straightened out. So so anyhow, so, yeah, so they wrote the information. You know, they wrote that Bible. And what truth is buried in here? I don't know. What I'm going to share with you now is some different things that I pulled together that certainly have me thinking, okay? And I certainly hope that in sharing my work that you're also... Finding things that you would go look further for yourself because obviously the topic of something like Babylonia <laughs> and the Bible is pretty deep, right? So, so I'll share with you the ideas that got me to thinking that this means something in this whole picture here, okay? Because what this guy doesn't say, <clears throat> let me scroll back up here now that I'm trying to not get distracted. Okay, that clip I just played, okay. That was called Babylon's Fall, what really shattered the Empire. And he he did this graphic at the end, <coughs> excuse me, that he did not say the words to, okay? And there seems to be this hierarchy in thinking about Babylon, okay? Because there's this thinking that the United States is in fact Babylon. So um so at the top of the thing it says Babylon, and then next it says Meadow. Persia, mean, this is, their the, the outline um, generations or their timeline, okay? So it starts with Babylon, then Meadow Persia, then Greece, then Rome, then Britain and the United States. Well, I don't know. If, if things make sense, they just make sense, right? <laughs> so, anyhow, so uh, let me see here. Um, And they also are always talking about this ball thing, B-A-A-L. And that goes to their deal. Anyway, so let me start off with this um, passage. And these things are incredibly easy to find. I mean, I started out in the days when we actually had to get in our cars and race to a library to look things up. So, okay. Apocalypse seventeen. Four, and the woman was clothed round about with purple and scarlet, and gilt with gold, and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand, full of abomination and filthiness in her fornication. And then another Apocalypse, seventeen, one. And there came one of the seven angels, who had the seven vials, who spoke with me, saying, Come, I will show thee the condemnation of the great harlot, who sitteth upon many waters. Babylon was the pride of the entire earth in her day. Her wall, according to Herodias, was 350 feet high and 87 feet thick. With a hundred solid brass gates, 25 each on the four sides. The Second Babylonian Empire took shape many centuries later, in the 7th BCE. It was much larger than its predecessor, but did not last as long. Under the ruler's leadership, Babylon was the most modern city of the ancient world. Babylon is also believed to be the home to one of the seven wonders of the world, the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. And then I had some quotes, and I'll just skim through them. Um, This is the word the Lord spoke during Jeremiah the prophet concerning Babylon and the land of the Babylonians. Okay announce and proclaim among the nations lift up a banner and proclaim it keep nothing back but say Babylon will be captured Bel will be put to shame Marduk filled with terror her images will put to shame and her idols filled with terror oh I just ran two quotes together (laughs) excuse me the first one was announce and proclaim among the nations lift up a banner and proclaim it Nothing will keep back, they say. No, it's just all the same one. Anyway, forget, that was all the same one. And it was, a nation from the north will attack her and lay waste her land. No one will live in it. Both people and animals will flee away. See, evidently, the United States, which, curiously enough, I've had this feeling for years and years that we were surrounded by psychopaths, which was, of course, all written off as crazy by everybody that I ever met. (laughs) So... um, yeah this is this is in fact the center of evil, but anyway, let me get back here um in those days of the Lord, in those days at the time declares the Lord, the people of Israel and the people of Judah together will go in tears and seek the Lord their God. <sighs> My people have been lost sheep. Their shepherds have left left them astray and caused them to roam in the mountains. They wandered over mountains and hill and forgot their own resting place. Whoever found them devoured them. Their enemies said, We are not guilty, for they sinned against the Lord, their verdant pasture, the Lord, the hope of their ancestors." Flee out of Babylon, leave the land of Babylonians, and be like the goats that lead the flock. Interesting thing about the goats, right? They're big on those goats, that, um, you know, that deity with the two heads. um, The one head, but the two sexes, that goat. I'll think of it in a minute. Um, So... For I will stir up and bring against Babylon an an alliance of great nations from the land of the north. They will take up their position against her. From the earth she will be captured. Their arrows will be like skilled warriors who do not return empty-handed. So Babylonia will be plundered. All who plunder her will have their fill, declared the Lord. Boy, this is really positive stuff, isn't it? Um, (laughs) Just so, you know. Please go look at Bible quotes about Babylonia, okay? I mean, it is is ripe with them, okay? Um, All the sound—this is the last one I'll read. All the sound of Babylon's capture the earth will tremble. Its cry will resound among the nations. Yeah, I've thought for a long time this country is the target and it's the one that's going to go down first before they can crash all of the rest of the world. But that's just my thinking, okay? it's based on a million patterns. But anyway, so let me get to some of these notes I had here. Because when I started looking into Babylonia, I also immediately thought, well, did I get this money thing right? Where did that get started right? I thought it got started with uh, the Jesus and the circum... The money thing in the Bible thing connects to... Um, money paid for circumcision, or something oddball about that right? Remember, this is all fantasy part, and also a very pornographic and evil kind of fantasy part. So I'm just kind of relaying what I'm thinking. So, so I looked up, and they said, modern banking concepts started in ancient Babylonian temples. So I thought, well, do tell. Because remember, this whole information works this way that history backs up what the Bible does so it all intermixes together okay? the history of banks can be traced to ancient Babylonian temples in the early second millennial BC in Babylon at the time of Hammurabi, there are records of loans made by the priests at the temple temples took in donations and tax revenue and amassed great wealth then they distributed these goods to people in need, such as widows, orphans, and the poor. See, right off the bat, they're all have our best interests at all, right? <laughs> After a thousand years, the priests who ran the temples had so much money that the concept of banking came up as an idea. I just love these stories. <laughs> Around the time of Hammurabi, In the 18th century B.C., which I also find interesting, this date, I don't know if I've talked about it in a show or not, or when I did, but my theory is this. They use Wikipedia to catalog all this stuff, right? Same way they use those genealogy things, and they have this one agent of theirs online who um, does genealogy on all these people, and yeah, they all do (laughs) specifically connect, right? So... Here's what I think about some of these dates. I thought, ah, isn't that interesting that this happened in 18th century B.C.? That's what, before Christ? And I keep hovering, and I mean hovering, around 18th century, whatever we're in now. I guess they left off the B.C., the G.C., or whatever all that Jesus stuff is, all of these numbers. So, yeah, 18th century B.C., okay? So around the time of Hammurabi, in the 18th century B.C., now, how easy would it be just to flick off this B.C. when you're doing your cataloging on Wikipedia, okay? just These are just things to think about, okay? I'm just sharing what my brain goes to when I read some of these things. So, in the 18th century B.C., the priests allowed people to take loans. Old Babylonian temples made numerous loans to poor and entrepreneurs in need. This was clearly early Silicon Valley and early banking system. Among many other things, the Code of Hammurabi recorded interest bearing loans, so right off the bat, they're collecting taxes loans during the whole greco Roman period, which allegedly is thirty two b c to six forty two a d see this is this is really a pretty genius cataloging system, right? If, if this thing only went back a couple hundred years, this cataloging is pretty genius in the simplicity, right? So during this Greco-Roman period, banks were three types, either privately run, leased, or owned by government, of which included within this group were some organizations having dual roles, <laughs> including being additionally additionally treasury departments yeah dual roles like our government convinced a whole bunch of kids to take out government secured loans to make sure that they could be charged as much as possible to get a fake education right and you know what happened was these loans were given to any kid who wanted to sign for it and it seemed like a great idea at the time and just a little side note while I'm on this loan business on a tangent here Biden recently announced that he was going to try to get the loans forgiven. Well, he he did a clause that would never get it. This is how their laws work in, in dual ways always, right? He did a clause that would make it never happen. Just like when he said that he was going to let people with marijuana out of prison, right? Well... When when they get somebody that's in the black community for marijuana charges, they pack on the charges, right? They, they, they list anything they could find. If there's, like, a knife in the house, they'll list that as a weapon on their body, <laughs> getting ready to spring out and kill somebody, right? Whereas if they were to find something like that in one of our homes, assuming you're white, I'm just an old lady talking here— um, I would get written up on maybe marijuana charges. I wouldn't get other additional charges like any knives in my home wouldn't become weapons. So, yeah, there's a way they weaponize all this. So, um, so you know, I'll get back here because it's, it's just interesting, all this money thing, okay? Um, and it's – well – Wait until I get to the next show when I record the... I'm jumping ahead of my skis here, so let me... Wait until I get... I'll record next the show that I have as far as how this whole money thing actually transpires. So let me get back to reading this part. The recording of the gathering of money to buy grain in the Pharaoh's kingdom, as ordered by the biblical Joseph, is written within the book of Genesis of the Bible. And this money was placed within the house of the pharaoh. Joseph bought with the money of the pharaoh a large amount of corn, having this then laid in the public granaries. In ancient Greece, private entrepreneurs, as well as temples and public bodies, undertook financial transactions. They took deposits, made loans, changed money, from one currency to another, and tested coins for weight and purity. They even engaged in book transactions. Moneylenders accepted payments in one Greek city and arranged for credit in another, avoiding the need for the customer to transport or transfer large numbers of coins. Ancient Rome adopted the banking practices of Greece. Greece. So, the history of banking can really be traced to very ancient times. This is all according to their history, right? Okay. So, not knowing much about Babylon, personally, you know, in my head, I knew there was some thing about Babylon, okay? But my knowledge was this, and, um, you know, I, I thought that Babylon meant something because people talked about the fall of Babylon. So, it seemed like Babylon was a pretty... Um, you know, outrageous point of wherever this fairy tale is, right? But that that's that's my knowledge of it. My complete on the table knowledge of it. So, <laughs> so these were the questions I had to get my head wrapped around it because they also talk about mystery Babylon. Mystery Babylon, right? And I was confused about that. So Well, because I guess in the Bible they talk about mystery Babylon, okay? And nobody knows where Babylon really is. And there's allegations that Babylon is the United States. Okay, so uh, can America be mystery Babylon was the question that I posed. The Internet is a wonderful place if you just type in the right words, right? Many contemplate whether or not there are prophecies written about the nation of the United States in the Bible, Although a lot of leaders and scholars are beginning to agree that America is the mystery Babylon, corresponding to Revelations chapters 17 to 18, Jeremiah chapters 50 to 51, and some even claim verses in Isaiah. And I was looking at, what is Mystery Babylon in the Book of Revelation? Because my other question had been, can America be Mystery Babylon? And it related to Revelation, right? So I wanted to know, what is Mystery Babylon in the Book of Revelation? In Revelation, Babylon is a code word for the mystery city. The book is not about ancient Babylon nor modern-day Iraq. Babylon was used as a sign to disguise a military type code the identity of the city <laughs> whatever that means I don't have a clue this is all about let's put our heads on it and think about this stuff right does it does it make sense parts of it do, parts of it make a great deal of sense so I, what is the identity of Mystery Babylon the term Mystery Babylon was used by John as a sign to disguise in code the identity of a city. Why? It's because this city which was symbolic of ancient Babylon was marked for destruction. Mystery Babylon is described as the mother of a whore because whoredom is symbolic of religious fornication and idolatry of which Rome is a gatekeeper let me read that again Mystery Babylon this is, this is, this is the place that they, no one seems to know but some people think the United States is referred to as Mystery Babylon <laughs> Mystery Babylon is described as the mother of a whore because whoredom is symbolic of religious fornication and idolatry of which Rome is the gatekeeper The golden cup in her hand represents her uncleanliness, whereby she dupes political powers under her influence. So it said, interestingly, Rome only gives way to the great harlot in the last days. So evidently people are saying when Rome fell, the great harlot. Okay, so after the Vatican II revolution. And I'm reading somebody's quote here. This is why the harlot is only mentioned in the book of the Apocalypse. And this is why sacred scripture speaks of the fall of Babylon. In Apocalypse, I found it in Apoc- Apocalypse 18, 2. And he cried out with a strong voice saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen. And is be is become the habitation of devils and the hold of every unclean spirit and the hold of every unclean and hateful bird. And also I read this said Babylon has historically been regarded as a code name for Rome. Peter five colon thirteen the church that is Babylon elected elected together with you salleth you and so doth my son Mark I don't know what that means um, scripture scholars understand that Saint Peter was writing this epistle from Rome which he calls Babylon so they're saying Saint Peter talked about he was writing from Rome but he called it Babylon because you know is you know, these things keep resurrecting themselves, right? Rome is Babylon, and Babylon has fallen. And even if it has fallen, for prior to its fall, Rome, or Babylon, was the bulwark, bulwark of Catholicism and the center of Christianity, the great city. Some may ask, if Rome is the great city, why does Apocalypse 11, 8 say that the great city is the place where our Lord was crucified, which is Jerusalem? The answer is that it doesn't actually say that. Um, I, I don't know. They're getting arguments about where Jesus was crucified. That's not where we need to go right now. Okay, um. Uh, So, another consideration is that the mystical body of Christ is being crucified in and from Rome at present. So, um, let me scroll down here. I had some other stuff that was far more interesting than this. so, you know, like I said, there's really some I would rate some of them as really mad dog ideas out there (laughs) about about, um, the whole subject of um, Babylonians (laughs) so okay, here's one so the fall of the great city is the fall of Rome from the Catholic faith it's not the fall of the Catholic Church for the Catholic Church can exist without Rome Okay, um, Rome will lose the faith and become the seat of the Antichrist. Everybody's always talking about this Antichrist. And then one of these quotes is, the whore is a woman. Apocalypse, Apocalypse 17, 6-7. And I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints and the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And I wondered when I had seen her with great admiration. And the angel said to me, Why doth thou wonder? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carrieth her, which hath the seven heads and ten horns. Well, I don't know. Um, it, it, it falls into this whole um, end of the earth stuff, right? Um, Apocalypse 17, colon 5, and on her forehead a name was written, a mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of fornication and the abominations of the earth. Well, kind of a lot of pretty negative views against... Um, <laughs> uh, Babylon people okay like I said here's where I found it interesting too because remember those um, Catholics and stuff are really fond of that color purple the whore is clothed in purple and scarlet apocalypse 17 4 and the woman was clothed round with purple and scarlet and gilt with gold and precious stones and pearls. Oh, I think I read this earlier. <laughs> Having a golden cup in her hand full of abomination and filthiness in her fornication. Um, alas, the great city, which was clothed with fine linen and purple and scarlet. Yeah, they're really early on talking about all this purple stuff, right? Um Because the Catholic Church, the bishops wear purple, and the cardinals wear scarlet. Um, So, yeah, there's meanings in all of these things. This could really go on quite a little adventure, right? Um, By choosing to describe the whore of Babylon as a woman clothed with fine linen and purple and scarlet, God is giving us a clear indication that the whore is clothed from the colors of the true Episcopet incarnate. God is giving us a clear indication that the whore is clothed in these colors because externally she gives all the appearances of being the true church of Christ. Um. I don't know what else to say because this whole thing um, is just pretty intense with this horror of Babylon stuff. So um, I think you might get the um, picture that this is a combination of fantasy, magic, and the truth, right? Um, so I think what happened, and I'm I'm going to leave it here <clears throat> if I don't scroll down find um, it because this thing could I, I could be have my recording on for the next 20 years because. The point I'm trying to make in this show is that it appears to me that there appears to be a lot of validity in this idea that it is the United States Babylon, right? Look around, what's going on with all of these excessive things and trying to trap everybody over to their side, right? I mean, let's face it, they're trying. It's it's, it's a, it seems to be a rush for people's souls, okay? So the concept that is the United States Babylon right now, and this is what this battle is all about. Yeah, I would say highly likely. Um, but that's why we all need to be thinking for ourselves, right? Because, um, like I said, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty deep subject and I'm, I'm sharing it with you today just so I can kind of process it through my own head myself. And then I will get onto the, um, how the banking system, um, intersects with all this Babylon business. Okay. So I felt it was important to just do this show about Babylon in specific because it does make a great deal of sense because, you know, we have the United States tied with Britain, all the things that have to do with here, with, you know, we're all really slaves of this country, so all these things become patterns, okay, patterns to observe, so what I'd like to do is I'd like to close with a song, because really, we're here now, okay, we're in a very fractured, chaotic, um, trauma-based society, okay, We came from trauma-based parents. We raised trauma-based people ourselves. So be kind to each other. And remember, information is power. And try to just tune into your own inner voices. We all have that capability. Let's not forget about it. It may have have gotten droned out of us, but trust me, it's still there. Because I was today going to record this whole show about all the stuff I found about the banking. And, you know just engage with the thought that came to my mind, with, what about Babylon? And I thought, what do you mean, what about Babylon? <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? So, and that comes from letting our minds do our own kind of thinking. And that's the thing they fear the most about us, is us doing our own thinking. And, you know, put fears aside. A lot of this is bluff and fluff. And I'll get back to more about this later. But They're, they're giving us a lot of ideas about their capabilities with A1 and all of their so-called... Silicon Valley tech things, it's it's not what it appears. Okay, these are bullies, and as I call them, dickless wonders. Okay, they have to attack us in all kinds of crazy, sneaky ways. But I don't know. My view is this isn't this isn't my where I'm from. We all I I believe that I'm here on by voluntary basis, and it is to discover who are these people. So let's keep engaging. In the meantime, let me play a song from the. I think it was a seventies by Doris Day. K Sarah i Oh, let's stop singing now. Goodbye for now. Be safe out there.
2: When I was just a little girl, I asked my mother, what will I be? Will She said to me, "Case said I said I. Whatever will be, will be. The future's not ours to see. Case said I said I. What will be, will be. When I grew up." Sweetheart, what lies ahead? Will we have rainbows day after day? Here's what my sweetheart said. K said all, said all, whatever will be, will be. The future's not ours to see. K said all, said all. What